Hi guys, welcome back to today's episode. Uh, the quick content warning, we will be talking about rape, murder, and gore, so if you're not okay with that, now's your time to click off. And now let's start today's episode. Ooh. Hey! <laughs> Hi guys. Hey. Me uh, and Maggie have a special guest star today, Grace Measles, who has been on here before. Yes. And me. our favorite talent feature editor. The, the only talent <laughs> feature the, editor? Of the 2021-2022 <laughs> school year. <laughs> I really hope no one else like replaces me. That's gonna be really unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Holy, oh my god. So, <laughs> so today we're gonna be starting our first horror hotspot case. Yes. <laughs> so just like a quick little like background, like every year, this is my first year in Talon, but Grace, th- this is her third year in Talon. Um, but like every year, um, they do what is it, thirteen stories? I don't remember. Or you could you could probably stories. explain it better than me. Yeah, sorry. Horror hot. Well, sorry. I was looking at our. Sorry, is he, sorry. Um, <laughs> so basically, horror hotspot is a thing that the talent does every year. I think it was started by Alina. Davis? I, we miss you, Alina, if you're listening. Yeah, is her last yeah. name Davis? Yes. Okay. My Alina. dad said that. Um, Alina, if you're listening, my dad said that his favorite story on <laughs> Armchair <laughs> Experts has been your stalker story. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> oh my. Just an FYI. Continue. Continue, guys. Sorry, and it's basically we just do horror stories for, uh, that we publish during the month of October. Um, I started, I don't know, because I think Alina started it my sophomore year when I was here, which was my first year, mm-hmm. and I decided to do it. I've, I've written a few stories. I've written about, like, Jinjito. I've written about uh, Skinwalker Ranch, uh, other things like that. Um, it also, Horror Spot has one of our uh, most looked at stories, which is a story about the Annabelle doll. Oh, yeah, I heard it's, like, still going. So do y'all do, like, myths and then, like, true crime stories that are, like, kind of like halloween like esque like themed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um sorry I'm that's cool um pretty no, much i'm excited for this year because it's like talent or like basically student media in general like we go all out for like halloween i feel like yes and so this year what we're going to be doing is taking one of the horror hotspot talent stories from this year and then we're going to be discussing it on here so you'll be able to view it and with the story the yeah, friday the story. stories mm-hmm. so you know if you want to pay attention to those i mean <laughs> So today, um, we're going to be doing, actually, Grace's story about Elise Paler. 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 So, hold on. Since this post is already being edited, can I take it over? Oh, yeah, you can take over. (laughs) I'll exit out. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What? No, the story has been published. People can go read it now. No, yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, sorry, yeah, totally. (laughs) It's published now. I'm totally not looking at it through the editor. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Give me your WordPress login. Uh, Gmail. No, okay, okay. Gmail. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Elise Marie Pollard, who's a 15-year-old girl residing in Ario, I believe, Grande, California, was found dead, um, in March of 1996, but she was, like, killed the year before, like, eight months before. Like, her body had been there for, like, eight months, and so much so that it was, like, getting, it was, like, decomposing and, like, almost mummified because of, like, oh my how God. long it had been. Oh, yeah, no, the story is, like, insane. Ew. Um, she was, like, found a about a quarter mile from our house um they almost like yeah because it was so like decomposed like they just could they almost couldn't identify the body if it weren't for one of the killers like um coming forward and being like hey i killed this girl Uh, which yeah sorry that's so i don't want to be like uh rude sorry (laughs) no you're good um yeah her body like when it was found it had 12 like different stab wounds like a lot of them are under neck but she didn't even like die from the stab wounds it was just like she bled to death oh my god I know, it's, oh, and this is, like, pretty, it's, like, 95, 96, like, it's more recent than you think, like, rather than... And how old was she, like, 15? 
Mm-hmm. She's yeah. 15. Sorry, I know you just have I forgot stuff. Um, hold on. The perpetrators of said crime were 14, 15, and 16 at the time, with 14 being Joseph Fiorella, 15-year-old Jacob Delashmut, I believe is his name, and 16-year-old Royce Casey. Hopefully my voice isn't too muffled. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, she was... Oh, God, okay. Yeah, Casey came forward, who's the oldest one. He was like, I'm kind of scared that these guys are going to kill me. Um... So, oh. you know, that's why he, he didn't even come through because he, like, felt bad. He was like, I'm kind of scared these guys are going to kill me, so I'm going to confess. Um, and Delashmut, I believe, is the one who, like, kind of stirred the other two to do this because he had a crush on her. Um, oh. Fun fact, it's, it's like, really si- – their motive for this uh, is kind of similar to the motive of, like, uh, the, that band in Jennifer's Body. Jennifer's Body. Um, really low Shoulder? The sh- yeah, left sh- low, low, shoulder? low Shoulder. Yeah, how low did shoulder. you remember it? Because it's one of my favorite movies I ever. Had to go look and it I, I love that band. Oh, like, I yeah, want them whoa. to be a real band. Whoa. Kill people? Whoa. Hey, no, whoa. No, no. <laughs> yeah, the planned murder was a ploy to enhance their guitar playing by sacrificing her to the devil. Um, Jennifer's body. <laughs> that's kind of what it was in Jennifer's body. Yeah, like, yeah, right? yeah. that's absolutely what was in Jennifer's they, like, body. Because they were like, I want fame and fortune. So, you know, uh, they did that. They did it because she was she had blonde hair and blue eyes. And because she, she was a virgin, it would make a perfect, like, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So they were Jennifer's like, body, yeah, but she was not blonde. <laughs> True. Actually, isn't there a whole reason, like, Jennifer and Jennifer's body, like, is still alive is because she, like, wasn't a virgin? Because, like... I forgot. I watched the movie, like, over a year ago. Maggie? <laughs> um, Are you doing a research yeah, before I this? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and, like, because she was, like, a B-word. I'm not going to say that on this podcast. Oh. Don't say it. I'm not going to. <laughs> can't mark this as explosive. Sorry. <laughs> 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 um, the night of the murder, she was, like... Like, the three guys were like, you know, come, we're going to have, like, we're going to do, like, drugs or whatever. And she was like, okay. <laughs> I don't think that's, like, specifically. I really hope this is not, like, insensitive. Um, she was lured out with the promise of drugs, but before she was able to, she was attacked. She was strangled and then stabbed several times before her death. Um, it, like, when I was researching this case, it said there was a lot of stuff, like, whether or not she had been sexually assaulted. But when I, like, I think the boys who did it kind of confessed to it. Um, but I think when they the case actually went through, the those charges were dropped. But the body was so just like decomposed, they couldn't tell if someone had sexually assaulted it. Um, so I'm still just a little bit unsure. Uh, where else is this? Yeah, yeah. I still cannot believe like how similar it is. Like, cause this case was 96, 97, mm-hmm. 97. The yeah, whatever. I think uh, the movie came out like 2009. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. It's got to be like inspired by it. It um, has to be. Yeah, and one of the quotes that I got, like, the chief investigator said that they thought it would make them play harder, play faster, and by making this a perfect sacrifice to the devil, it might help them, their band named Hatred, uh, go, quote, professional. Um, there's actually a second part to it, because, like, the people who, like, the boys who um, perpetrated the case uh, were put to, like, 25, 26 years in prison, but, like, when the, like, during the, like, case, it was, like, it took, like, four years, because I think the case officially ended in 2000, um, like, because the Pollard family was kept trying to sue this, like, metal band called Slayer because it was, like, a band that the boys had listened to because, like, they thought that that band, like, would encourage, like, encourage the boys to do that because their, vi- their, like, lyrics are super violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that lo- that's, that lawsuit was over. Like, they lost it. Um, and then they did a second lawsuit. Like, they pursued a second one um, saying that the stuff, the stuff. Um, <laughs> the lyrics and stuff uh, they marketed to minors was super harmful, and then they lost again. Uh, so I don't think they picked <laughs> it back up again. But yeah. like one of the oldest dude, Casey, is like gonna get out of prison soon. I think. 
Because it's been that long. Like, it's... Oh, uh, it's insane. Yeah. I think that's about it. Do you... Guys, I'm Thoughts on Jennifer's body, guys? No. <laughs> I watched it for the first time, like, on Halloween last year. And it was... No offense all the haters... I mean, no offense. Wait, that, I did not. I did not. <laughs> with the it, uh, yeah, no offense. Sorry, no offense to all the fans out there. But I don't know. It's kind of overhyped. Also, I just shut I just up. Literally, shut up, Bryn. It is one of the best movies to exist. Uh, not one of the best. Straight woman, woman. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> cut, cut that out. Cut that out. No, I think um, it's funny if we'll keep that in. Oh my god. <laughs> huh. I don't know. I'm really disappointed that she's dating MGK. That's really disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's so ugly he's yeah so why is he like that he yeah he's, also he's like gorgeous and then he's just there his uh-huh. hair's like in front of his face like i don't even know, like, know what he looks like he's you know just like he just he just exists he just stands. he never even smiles exactly you know that <laughs> didn't he get to a, he almost got into a fight at the vmas or something i don't I remember so. you know that one it's like come ej water that's yeah. how i imagine her and him true. <laughs> so true maybe i'll watch that movie again this you Halloween should. season. Uh, are we going to watch all Halloween movies? Jeez. Grace, do you want to join us? Yes. Oh my God, I'm okay. scared. <laughs> okay, that's my question for you. I was going to ask, I... how did you watch American Horror Stories and uh, American Horror Story and you can't watch Hall- uh, scary yeah, movies? That's a great question. I didn't know because the first American Horror Story season I watched was Coven because I watched it with friends. What? <laughs> Be quiet. I, I've watched mm-hmm. that in Murder House. I like Murder House. Murder House yeah, is Murder my House favorite. Yeah, Murder House is the best. I don't care what anyone else says. You are wrong if you think Murder House is not the best. Oh, true. Yeah, guys, I've totally seen American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I knew the show was going to be, like, kind of gory. But then when I watched, like, the first episode of, Co- of Coven, I was like, oh, my God. I'm not going to explain too far, but it's like, it's like, it's like, when she like tortured like. people. Oh, yeah. That was like disgusting. Yeah. Like, um, like, what was her name? Blah, blah, blah. Madame Lalaurie. La yeah, Madame Lalaurie. I just, La La I just <laughs> like that Kathy Bates is in the show, even though she played an awful person. Yeah. True. Do we have any other uh, cases that we want to go over? Yes. <laughs> yes. Way to steer away. Oh, I don't want to get too off topic. Unlike the Scooby-Doo incident. It's what we do. It's what we do. Do-do. Yeah. Are you gonna go, Brynn, or am I gonna go? You should go. Okay. Um, I'm Brynn talking about. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brynn exposed. She only looks up her cases like literally as the episode is already you literally recording. W- <laughs> I actually found this yesterday. Okay, so the cover of my own home. This is my my <laughs> the case I'm covering today is Martha Moxley. Slay. Um. Sorry, you that have was to stop making quite jokes literally. about that. Like, <laughs> stop! Oh <Okay. laughs> my god! I did. I was like, I hope I'm Murder not being insensitive, and now I'm like, okay. So Martha continue. Moxley, um, she was, um, she hurt. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> um, on the evening of October 30th, this is why I wanted to do this case because it's a Halloween case, and it's now the month of Halloween. Halloween's October 31st. Um, Okay, but it's a Halloween. Can you just <laughs> let me <laughs> let me do this, okay? So, on the evening of October 30th, 1975, Martha Moxley, who was 15 years old at the time, left her home to participate with friends in a mischief night um, in which neighborhood youths... Can, I wonder, can they hear that on the podcast? Do you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, um, neighborhood youths would ring doorbells and pull pranks such as, like, toilet paper ring houses and, like, ding-dong ditch, things like that. Um, you know, teenage mischief. 
Um, according to her friends, um, Moxley began flirting with and eventually kissed a boy of the name of Thomas uh, Skakel. Skakel? <laughs> I don't know, Skakel? Thomas Skakel, um, who was the older brother of a Michael Skakel, who is important in the story. We'll get to him in a moment. Um, Martha Moxley um, was last seen falling with, um, falling behind a fence with Thomas Skakel um, near the pool in the Skakel backyard at around 9.30 p.m. Um, the next day, her body was found beneath a tree in her own family's backyard. Um, her pants and underwear were, like, pulled down, but she had oh not... Oh, my God. She, but she wasn't sexually assaulted. Oh, okay. I was like... Like, there was no evidence of trauma. Um, and so pieces of a um, six-iron golf club, like, it was all broken, um, was found near the body... Um, an autopsy concluded that she had been both bludgeoned and stabbed with the club, which was then traced back to the Skakel residence. Um, so, on to the investigation. Um, Thomas Skakel obviously was the, like, since he was the last person seen with Martha Moxley, um, he was the prime suspect. Um, but his father forbade access to school and mental health records, which is a little suspicious. Sus. You can't say sus anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I changed into suspicious. Um, and so Kenneth Littleton, who had um, started working as a live-in tutor with the Skakel family um, only hours before the murder, also became a prime suspect. But no one was charged, um, and the case languished for decades meaning because uh, i know bren won't know what this word means whoa <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry who's Napier literature <laughs> and got a 95 on their summative project Yo. who was that who was that both of us who was that not me you don't see um, me examining songs anyways languished just means um like it 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 just was hung, hanging around like no one knew what. i know um so then over the years both Thomas and Michael Skagel um, significantly changed their alibis the night of the murder. Um, Michael Skagel claimed that he had been window peeping and uh, doing other things that involve window peeping, but I don't feel comfortable saying this on the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh. in, in a tree beside the Moxley property from like 11.30 to 12.30 a.m., um, and two former students from Alon School, which I don't know if you've heard of this place, but, like, it's really crazy. Like, genuinely a cult. They, like, abuse children. Like, it's crazy. I'll talk about it in another another um, episode, I guess, because it's crazy. Um, so it was just, like, a treatment center. Um, some two, two former students from there testified that they heard Michael confess to killing Moxley with a golf club. Um, one of the former students, Gregory Coleman, testified that Michael was given special privileges and had bragged, I'm going to get away with murder. Um, well, of course, when you brag that, like, you're yeah. not going to get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the investigation reopened um, when um, William Kennedy Smith was tried and acquitted for rape in 1991. Um 
a rumor had surfaced that he had been present at the Skakel house on the night of Moxley's death um, with, like, a pretty big insinuation that he had been involved. Um, and this was proved to be unfounded. Um, it resulted in the reopening of the cold case, um, which is great because even if people were wrong about this dude, at least it led to, like, reopening of the case so um the then in um 1983 an author by the name of dominic dune or dunn whatever um published a season in purgatory which was a fictional story close like following like closely resembling the um uh like what am i saying the like moxley case um and even in the and then another author also published a book um that named michael skagel as the murderer and pointed out numerous mistakes made during the police investigation um even in the years before these books came out um greenwich uh police detectives like Steve Carroll and Frank Gar, as well as the police reporter Leonard Levitt, have become convinced that Skagel was the killer, Michael Skagel, um, and that his brother might have been involved. Um, so then in June 1998, so we're at like, uh, how many years after the murder at this point? We're like 23 Jeez. years out from the murder at this point. So um, a um, one-man grand jury was convened, which like is never like it's rarely done ever um so one man grand jury was convened to review the evidence of the case and after an 18th month inv- 18 month investigation it was to sti- decide that there was enough evidence to charge Michael Skakel with murder um on January 9th 2000 which is quite a bit later so um uh an arrest warrant was issued for um, an unnamed juvenile for Moxley's murder. Skakel surrendered to the authorities and then was released on a $500,000 bail. On March 14th, Skakel was arraigned. Um, and on June, you know, this whole trial happens. On June 7th, 2002, Skakel was found guilty of murdering Moxley and he was sentenced to 20 years of life in prison um and yeah um and yeah that's the story uh, i guess can i believe that like f- just like it ju- the trial like just concluded and he was found guilty like just I before know. i was born and it yeah. took place what like, but 75 i think that was relatively good because he also um he also was tried as an adult yeah later oh. so like oh he's Sorry. old yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he was, um, tried as an adult later on, um, so, like, they wanted him to be punished properly, Mm -hmm. um, but, so, I don't know, it's just, it's crazy to me. Yeah. And Um, also, just, like, saying, like, what Grace said, like, they just now, not just now, but. But, like, it seems so close. Like, I think it's actually closer to the, like, right now, isn't, it's, like. Yeah, it's it's right now closer. it's closer to the um, trial than the trial was to the 
murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like 20. Because I'm 17. And 23 yeah. years. I'm about to be 18. So but like, but like it's been, it's not even, yeah, it's been 19 years since he was con- convicted. So I just think that's crazy. Um, yeah. Brand, do you want to do yours? Yeah. Yay. Uh, so today for my case, I will be talking about the disappearance of Sh- um, Sherry Marler. So this is set in 1984. So on the morning of June 6th in 1984, uh, Sherry Marler at the time lived in Greenville, Alabama on their farm. And that morning, her mom, Betty, woke up early because she, her mom worked at Waffle House at the time and just had to be there super early. And after she got ready, she quietly left the house because she didn't want to wake up uh, Sherry, who was 12 years old at the time, who was uh, sleeping on the couch. And shortly after 9 a.m., Sherry noticed her stepdad, Raymond, was backing his truck, his red pickup truck, down the driveway. So she went outside and asked if she could go with him into the town. And then around 9.30 a.m., they went to the First National Bank so Raymond could sign some papers. And Sherry said she was thirsty, so he gave um, his stepdaughter a dollar bill and just told her to go get herself a drink at the Chevron gas station across the street. Witnesses said they saw Sherry walking across the parking lot by the General Telephone Building and Jernigan's Furniture Store on her way to the gas station. Fifteen minutes later, Raymond was um, done signing his papers at the bank, <clears throat> so he went out to the truck. Uh, he was surprised Sherry wasn't there waiting for him. When 25 more minutes passed with no signs of Sherry, he started to panic a bit, so he called his wife, Betty, at Waffle House to see if Sherry had just stopped by and didn't tell him. Um, and she said no. The last time she saw her daughter was on the couch that morning. Raymond checked the obvious places for his daughter, his stepdaughter, like the Chevron, the gas station, but no sign of her. Um, he also asked around at the tractor shop and the feed store. Um, she was finally reported missing at 11.46 a.m. And then before a big search started, uh, volunteers... Uh, just went out throughout the city just you know trying to find her there was even an aerial search um and volunteers printed off countless missing person posters person posters and plastered them across the city and neighboring towns um this my story is a little bit shorter today but other than that she still remains missing and i can't show the photo but um they made she um, went missing at 12 and then they made like a picture or like a they like aged her aged her yeah. <laughs> of what she would mm-hmm. look like at 44 um and then 44 in, years yeah dang and then in her um like missing persons thing they just put she is a caucasian female with brown hair and brown eyes when she disappeared in 1984 she was five feet four inches tall and weighed 100 to 20 to 120 pounds uh, she has two distinguishing marks a two-inch scar on her abdomen and a one-inch scar on, on her back near her shoulder Sherry was last seen wearing a long-sleeved red, flan- red plaid flannel shirt, light jeans, gray runners with Velcro fastenings, and a watch with a black band. Mm-hmm. Um, some theories think that, um, like, she ran away, but... As always, like, there's always people who think that, but... Um, uh, and then, as heartbreaking as it may sound, it's not uncommon for children to run away from home right. and it says in fact um, in 1984 the department of health and human services reported to congress that the number of runaway youth in the united states was more than one million Jeez. Oh, wow. yeah and then 
under the theories that uh, at the that a stranger abducted her. Yeah. And then the last one is like someone she knew killed her. Right. But yeah, it's always sad when it, like I feel like all of our cases were really young. Like me and Grace's were fifteen, and then yours was twelve. And I just think like that's really heartbreaking. Yeah, like that. Jeez. And it's so, like, insane about we hear all these cases in, like, the, like, 70s, 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. But we don't hear, like, as many today. Or, like, yeah. really. Because there's, yeah. like, I think it's because, like, technology has increased and people yeah. want to be caught. But also, like, since technology has increased, I feel like we should see more, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it always, like, creeps me out, like, whenever they make, like, a, like, they made a, what she would look like at 44 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Like, that's like, just and, like, so that's, weird. That's so crazy that she's, yeah. like, 32 years she's been missing. Uh-huh. It's also... Plus. Yeah, yeah, it's also good though. Like they've made technology to do that. Mm-hmm. It's still sad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's good to see that it's been a long way. Yeah, when I was researching the case, it said she would have been like forty today because she was born in nineteen eighty, and that made me like nauseous. You know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like sh- my dad was born. My dad's like, I don't even know how old my dad is. Uh, he's like older than her, but not by much. So it's like yeah, that's yeah, kind of that's insane. Like yeah. that's that freaks me out. Yeah. I think that's um, all for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Grace, for being on yeah. today's episode. Yeah. Go, read, go read her Talon story. Yeah. Yes. And I'm excited to Give the website more traffic. More horror hotspot cases. Uh, we'll continue one next week, which I think might be mine. So. Oh. Ooh. Yay. Yeah. Okay. So bye. bye.